time whether I start with the prayer instead of ending with the prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we open your word tonight and we talk about the things of our future and the purpose you have for us, Lord, that you would help us to focus on you, that we could see that you have a purpose for each of us, and that is to be in relationship with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that you open our hearts and minds to, um, to what you have to say to us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to just rearrange a few things. Okay, so there's some items up on the, the thing that we're going to put up one at a time. And what I want you to do is yell out what you think those things are used for. Number one. What do you think it is? Soap. It's stainless steel soap. Why would you use stainless steel soap? Do you know? It is not to wash your car. It is to help get strong smells off. But while we were researching it, it does say that it, science has not proven it works, but people like sell it and buy it. So maybe it does work. I don't know. Next item. What do you think this is? It is not a hairbrush. It is not a shower head. A chicken shredder? No. It is called a flower frog. Ashley, I thought you would know this one. Hello. It's called a flower frog. Oh, did you really? Don't. We can't lie at church. But, okay, so this is, you put these stems in, and it helps you arrange a bouquet. Take note, guys. Okay, take note. Uh, Next item. Next item. What? Yes. So what you do is they're called bird spikes. You put them on top of a building so then birds don't poop on your building. Okay. Next one. What is this? It is not colors. Well, yes, it is. But what item is it? It's not a post-it. That's a great guess, though. Oh, Mandy has it. It's a jar opener. Okay. You know those little things you get for free and like some package thing and it has some company's name and then you open it and you can open your pickles with it? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe that's just a grown-up thing. Okay, this next. It's the thing on the woman. Do you know what that is? A what? It's an arm pillow and it's called a slumber sleeve. It helps you so that your arm does not fall asleep if you're a side sleeper. People buy these things. Okay, next one. But what do you do with it? It's no. Oh, it helps you to stack eggs. No. For what? What do you do with the? Hard, what do you mean hard-boiled eggs? Okay, pipe down, simmer down. I want to tell you about the extractor because maybe you want to get one for your mom for Christmas. It helps you take the, the shell off the egg. It says, fun and easy, tap, place, and press. I kind of think if you press, you might have scrambled eggs, but whatever. Okay, next one. This one, Betsy was mortified. It's not just your regular shower mat. 
if you quiet, listen. No, it's called an aqua rug because people love to feel carpet on their feet and so then you can feel carpet in your shower? Hey, I just wanted to let you know about the Aquamat. It says, until now, the Aqua Rug has only been available on multi-million dollar yachts because of its amazing quality and comfort. Now, you can all feel the incredible soothing carpet in your shower for the price of like $25. Okay. Okay, guys. So last week, we started our unit called Not Yet. And we're talking about futures. For some of us, when we talk future, that's terrifying. And for some of us, when we talk future, we're so excited. And there's some of us who are a little mix of both. When we think about our futures, we might ask questions like, who am I going to become? What will I do? And what's my purpose? Just like these items that we looked at, we can't always tell something's purpose at first glance. And some of those items actually could probably be used for multiple purposes. When talking about people, our purpose gets a little bit more complicated. When we think about our purpose in life, we think about the future of what we're going to be when we grow up. Okay? I love what these little kids have to say. I want to be one of those men that, that works at McDonald's. And I'm going to drive into, like, I'm going to drive in the, in the Lamborghini. A Lamborghini. I want to be a good adult that understands kids, not just in a plain old adult, but also uh, an adult that help, really helps kids understand that they're good at being themselves. That's, that's you're very, how old are you? I'm eight. You're very smart. Thank you. So these kids have this specific vision. I'm going to work at McDonald's. Amen. But when you say that what th their vision is, is that their purpose? Is their purpose to work at McDonald's? Maybe. Have you ever thought about your purpose in life? What do you think it means for a person to have a purpose? Sometimes we wonder about the purpose of the things we do. Like, why do we have to get up every morning and go to school at 7.30 in the morning and stay till 3? I know you all ask these questions, and then you go, and why do I have to learn math? Why do I need to learn Y, X, inner slope? Because that's what you all ask these questions, right? Or you might be asking, or you might be asking, what's the purpose of cleaning my room when next week it's going to be trashed, right? Okay. Sometimes we wonder about the purpose of things that we experience, especially the difficult things. What's the purpose when our families separate or fight? Or when money is scarce and we struggle to pay bills? Or when we feel alone in school, what is the purpose? Or a close friend and you are fighting, Sometimes we wonder about the purpose of, of our lives as a whole. And we might ask questions like, why am I here? What's the point of life? How can I make life mean something? And sometimes we wonder what God has to say about our purpose. Why did God create me the way I am? Why did God create me at all? 
how would God say, what would God say my purpose is? How can I find out what God wants me to do with my life? And could he make it a little clearer? As we try to find these answers to these really big questions, it can get confusing of what purpose really means. Sometimes, like these objects, we can tie our purpose to what we can do, how, what we achieve, and what we produce. We think our purpose has to be something to do something useful or good for the world. No wonder we get confused. Some days you don't do the things that are good or useful. Does that mean you have no purpose? What if today you play basketball and you say, my identity, I'm a basketball player, and then the next day you get sick or you get hurt? Could your purpose be shattered? Or what if my family like, has this family business or this hobby that we pour everything into, all our energy, all our time, and that's what our family does, and that becomes our purpose, and then all of a sudden, I don't enjoy it anymore. Have I lost my purpose? Do our lives have less purpose and meaning when we're less useful or good for the world of our family, or for the world or our family? Or is it possible that we have a very different purpose, a purpose that doesn't change when we do? Could discovering our true purpose give everything else in our lives meaning, direction, and clarity? So you guys have heard my story over this last year, and you know that from probably about age 12 to 20, I was a hot mess. I got into all the trouble. I did not know what my purpose was. And I would describe myself as a chameleon. And I found this really fun video. Can you show it? And then I had to research, does this really happen? And it does happen, but probably not to this extent. But look at what happens to him. And I learned as my research, because I have to, I'm a researcher, that they don't necessarily change because of the environment around them and how the pigment of their scales. He's cute until he lives at your house. Sorry, that was a sidebar. But as that chameleon is by these different color glasses, he's changing color. If I could have sped it up, I would have showed you the last one where they had three different pairs and he was three different colors. It was really cool. Google it on your time. But anyways, what I'm saying is, is that my purpose and identity changed depending on who I was with. If the people over here... We're into baggy pants and sweatshirts. I wore baggy pants and sweatshirts. If the people over here were into whatever, football, sure, I'll take football. Um, football, I was into football. I had no clue who I was. Friends backstabbed me and I was shattered. Other friends got back together with my friendship and were like, let's be friends, and I was all good. I was on this roller coaster of emotions. I had no idea what my purpose was, but I knew I had one. And it wasn't until I was introduced to Jesus as my Lord and Savior did I truly understand my purpose. So I can stand here today, and if you can hear one thing, is I want you to hear that your purpose is bigger than what's around you. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I want you to hear that today. There, it's, 
It's interesting because nowhere in the Bible will it say, Alex, your purpose is this. Aaliyah, your purpose is this. It says that we are children of God. It says that we are a royal priesthood. It says we are his chosen people, that he possesses us. His purpose for humanity, God's purpose, is interwoven through this whole big story. And it starts in Genesis. It says that he created man and woman in his image, and he put them in this garden to be with him. Adam and Eve mess it up. And from that point on, we were separated. And from that point on, all of humanity, this is what Eric said, everything east from Eve. And I had to think about it. Ah. Everything east from Eve was us trying to get back in relationship with God. He calls his people back over and over and over in the Bible and still today and says, come near to me. And we're like, okay, yep, we're here. And then we think we have it figured out and we go away. And he calls us back, come near to me. And we come near and we mess it up. And over and over we do this. Out of his love, he created humans to be in relationship with him. Until Jesus came on the scene. The son of God came to this earth so that we could once and for all be with, in a relationship with God now and forever. I need you to turn to page 901 in your book, or your Bible. John 15, 1. We're going to start. Page 901. Ready, go. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is the vine. God is the gardener who cares for the vines that need to be fruitful because then they have purpose. We are the branches believing in Jesus, and um, we need to be connected, the branches need to be connected to the vine, which is Jesus. A vine with no grapes is not fulfilling its purpose. Our purpose is to be in a, I call it a vertical relationship with God. It's us talking to him. We are to be connected to him through Jesus to fulfill our purpose. Verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. We as humans, we try to be good and honest people and do the right thing. And we think we're living out our purpose. But we talked about it last week, you guys. We're all a mess and we're all a work in progress. Jesus is saying to live out, their, to live out our purpose, we need to be branches attached to him. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. When we attach our identity and our purpose to circumstances of life, we are easily elated or depressed because circumstances change. Verse 10 and 11 talk about this word abiding, which means remaining in God. And in Psalms 136, it says, God's love endures forever. It does not change based on circumstances. It is constant. Verse 11, through this being connected to him, we have joy, and our joy will be full. The cool thing about joy is it doesn't go up and down. It stays here. It transcends the rolling waves of our circumstances. It comes from this constant relationship with God. This means we can have joy when we don't know what our future holds, or tomorrow, or years from now. And I call this our macro purpose, like macro, like the big purpose is to be in relationship with God. And in verse 12, it talks about I, what I call the micro or the horizontal purpose is to be in relationship with others. And I love what, what there's a part in Matthew 22 where they test Jesus. They're like, want to hang him up? And he says this, verse 34, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The macro purpose of humanity is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. And the micro one, the vertical and the horizontal, is to love the people around us. But we know from last week that we easily mess up our horizontal relationships. And that's why our identity and our purpose cannot depend on that. Our ultimate purpose is to be in relationship with God and from that, you will begin to know what God's purpose is for you individually and what he, where he will bring you and what he wants for you. But starting with him is the place to begin. So my friend Therese, a couple months ago, was in, I call it the big church on Sunday, was in big church, and she did this really, I'm calling it a spoken word. And it's this artistic description of identity and purpose and kind of on her own experience and she was like two lines in and I'm like the youth need to hear this and so I invited her to come this evening so she's going to come up here and when I when she is done feel free that's why I prayed first not last um, when she's done you can go and go to your to your small groups so Therese That's all I'm defined by. <laughs> identity. I have struggled with identity. 
Simple questions like who are you or what do you do can unseat me. For me, picture that busy community event where you have to meet new people. Some people are so good at that. Hi, what do you do? Hi, what do you do? Hi, what do you do? My stock answer is mostly laundry. <laughs> it's not a great point of connection. And so I look for identity in the life and work of others. It seems that anyone that ever said anything has a quote about identity. Unfortunately, none of them seem to agree on what it is or how to define it. There are quotes that are meant to inspire us. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. Ralph Waldo Emerson. There are quotes that make us think we're thinking deep thoughts. One must first know oneself before knowing anything else. Soren Kierkegaard. And there are quotes that make us laugh. Americans may have no identity, but they do have wonderful teeth. Jean Baudrillard. <laughs> There's no real guidance or direction in a quote. That lack of direction and finding identity has been with me since I was a small girl. Who are you, said the caterpillar. This was not an encouraging opening for a conversation. Alice replied rather shyly, uh, I hardly know, sir, just at present. At least I know who I was when I got up this morning, but I think I must have been changed several times since then. Who are you, said the caterpillar sternly. Explain yourself. I can't explain myself, I'm afraid, sir, said Alice, because I hardly know myself, you see. Maybe because of an early Alice in Wonderland wonder, or maybe because I've never really been satisfied with the answer, who are you, is a question I ask myself over and over and over. And like Alice, I tend to stomp my foot and run off when I don't get the answer I'd hoped for. Who am I? I'm a petulant child. My sense and search for self still hadn't been satisfied by college. I took classes in the sciences, but also literature and theater earning a bachelor's in biology with chemistry and two credits shy of a theater minor. I was a woman mentor in the College of Science and Engineering. I tutored non-traditional students. I was active in campus ministry. These are all things that helped define me, but they're not my identity. <clears throat> Though the search for identity was very active at the time, as evidenced in some of the things I did. This was an audition piece put together for Intro to Acting in about 1989, 1990. It was inspired by a Nike ad for women's running shoes and the assumption that all women struggled like I did. It's a snapshot in time. Did you ever wish you were a boy? Did you? Did you for one moment or one breath or one heartbeat beating over all the years of your life wish, even just a little, you could spend it as a boy? And did you wanna be a boy so that you could do boy things and not hear them called boy things? Did you want to climb trees and skin knees and be third base and not hear the boys say, sure you can play, but that means you have to be third base. But did you ever wish you were a boy just because there were boys and there were girls and they were them and we were, well, we weren't them and we knew there must be a difference because everyone kept telling us there was. But what was it? You never knew, like you knew that you were a girl you run like a girl, you throw like a girl. And that's great, that's swell. But you couldn't help wondering what it would be like if you had been a boy. 
And if you had been a boy, what difference would it have made? Would it make you faster, smarter, cuter, cleaner? <laughs> and if you were a boy, this incredibly bouncing boy, what boy would you be all the time knowing that no two boys are any more alike than all girls are? So you wake up and you learn we all have differences and we all have similarities and you learn to stop lumping everybody into two separate categories or three or four or any at all and you learn to stop beating yourself up over things that were not wrong in the first place. And one day when you're out running, feet flying, dogs barking, smiles grinning, you'll hear those words calling inside your head. You run like a girl. And you will say, shout, scream, whisper, call back. Yes, what exactly did you think I was? Boy, at the time, I thought I had it all figured out. I was so proud of that little ditty title, no joke, who am I? By the end, you can see I have cleverly defined my existence in a way that leaves me identified with half the world's population. Who am I? Just one of nearly four billion. So I continue seeking, living, perhaps avoiding the reality of identity. The question becomes not who am I, but who am I really? My identity seems to form and transform relative to my actions and reactions with and to the world around me. My sense of self, albeit not necessarily false, is developing through grabbing onto identities that seem admirable or defensible or maybe merely attainable. It's not necessarily false, but it may not be true either. So I'm left feeling unsettled and still without an answer to the question, who am I? Who am I? I'm a jewelry repair tech. I am a chemist. I am a wife. I am a project manager. I'm a mother. I'm a reader. I'm a gardener. I'm a volunteer. I am a learner. I am a leader. I am lonely. I'm losing sight of who and what I thought I was. It happens time and again. Should I have gone back to work after I had kids? Should I volunteer more? Should I volunteer less? What part of my doing makes up my being? Lord, where are you in all of this? I am who I am. Before Abraham, I was. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. There's just a little bit more. So I can be secure in my identity because God is so utterly, rock solidly, unfailingly, secure in his. I'm a little thrown off. <laughs> okay. So, who am I? I am an heir. I am blessed. I am comforted. I am the temple of God. I am a treasured possession. 
I'm a beloved daughter. I am part of the body of Christ. Okay, so I don't know about you, but all of my searching, my Siemens unending search for identity and self seems very, very small. Why can't I find myself in this world? Because I am not meant for this world. Yes, I'm consigned to live here and work here and serve here and love here, but this is not my home. The Lord is drawing us to him. The longer and stronger that pull, the less this world will provide us with satisfaction. He is present here, so make of this world all that you can. Just remember, this is not your home.